This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You shin pads? I look a little bit down. When's the foe fest? He's destroying all records. It started kicking off at Watford. Well, they're not footballers, they're goalkeepers, yeah. How were the Christmas parties? Who was the most generous lover? I'm in my first game, played against like, Seattle. Smashed someone. Norwich, you wait until you get a call from Delia. Wow, I've never seen anything like this before. How is your golf game, by the way? Once he gets older, you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Peter Crouch podcast with me, Jermaine Defoe, Peter Crouch, Chris Stark, and St- who's that? Statman Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so it begins. <laughs> Here we go. No, wait, go, on, go on. I like stats, like numbers, like Serious. maths. Yeah, Slave like football. Geek, yeah. That's the one, man. Fucking <laughs> no. The brains of the operation. <laughs> Stats are a massive part of the game now, Jermaine. Have you noticed this? Stats are like, you know, you're involved in stats. Stats now is just like, it's massive. Jermaine, 15 goals in the 90th minute or later in the Premier League, the most in history, four more than any other player. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that one. Oh, you did know? Yeah, don't worry. I knew that one because I I, I was going to tell Eddie Howe that one when he kept taking me off after 70 minutes. (laughs) So I knew knew that one. But some people have coined you online as the Acker Runa. The destroyer of accumulators. Oh, really? Because yeah. coming off the bench late, or you, come, you, you, you know, you play into the end and you're scoring goals, and people's hackers that have got a draw turns to a defeat. Okay, okay. Because obviously, I start young at West Ham, and I always, always fancy myself sort of like come on and sort of like try and nick one. Where just later on in games, I always thought, you know what? Someone will switch off on that, and I'll get a chance to score. Do you know what I mean? So my numbers from when I was young were sort of like up there, and obviously Solskjaer, yep. Giroud, all these kind of names sort of like came about after and that. See, I always thought you were obsessed with stats because like when you went on loan to Bournemouth for that young age and like it was 8-8 eight and eight, wasn't it or something you scored. Is that right? Yeah, after, was it 10 consecutive games? 10, ten consecutive ten, games, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And that, I think when you, when you do something like that all of a sudden you go like and it's a record these things that stick with you and you, wanna, you just want to break more and obviously you didn't stop from them. But you see, it's, it was funny crash because when I, when I went on loan to Bournemouth all I knew was East London. Harry pulled me in his dark car. You're going to, um, I want to send you on to Bournemouth. He's like, Bournemouth? Gaffer, where's that? Sort of thing. <laughs> I don't, do you know what I mean? Where's Bournemouth? Never heard of Bournemouth before. Like, so I got on the phone to my mum. I said, Mum, um, I might be going alone to Bournemouth again. She's like, Bournemouth, why? Got on the phone to Harry, blah, blah, blah. And that'd be good for him to go there anyway. I was meant to go there, I was meant to go there for a month. So I think it was Mel Major at the time at Bournemouth. Said to Harry, obviously, I want a, a big centre half because there's big flesh up front. We need someone big. At the time, it was League One. Harry goes, Yeah, we've got this young kid, Defoe, blah, blah, blah. Five foot, I don't know, one. And they're like, nah, nah, it's too small. You can't, nah, trust me. Just, I'll send him down there, you'll see. Mate, so got there. First training session, looked at me. Oh, it's a bit small. After the first session, phoned Harry. Could we have him for the rest of the season? <laughs> right. Really? Yeah. So I stayed for the rest of the season. But when I started scoring, it's not until like the seventh, I think the seventh game or the eighth game, people started talking about records. And you know what? Like when you're a kid and that, you just want to play, you want to score goals. So I scored a lot of goals in the youth team at West Ham. When they started talking about records, I thought, it just 
added pressure. Do you know what I mean? And then it started getting, and then I remember that in the 10th game against Cambridge, I had a chance in the first half and I missed. And I was like, oh, it's gone. Chance is gone, it's gonna be nice, and then I, I managed to get a chance again and scored. And that so that Akaruina in action, even against Cambridge, mm. he loves to start. Statman J, Statman J, go on. <laughs> but I think it's quite interesting that it's, it's like some way stats shouldn't be told, right? You're mm. saying they put pressure on yourself, so yeah. if it was like a maybe a modern club, they may know that that might be the case for some players that they yeah, shouldn't yeah, be yeah. saying. You're about to beat a record here. Yeah. I think it was John... Aldridge. You're in the stats game. <laughs> you get me in you You're like me brothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cousins, isn't it? <laughs> I think um, it was interesting what Jermaine was just saying there about the preconceptions of him as a player when going to Bournemouth mm. around size. And that's obviously the same thing that you've experienced mm. on way. the other end of things. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It was the other thing. It was like, oh, he's big, he can't play. You know, so that yeah. was my thing. And I just had to prove myself constantly that I could play with my feet. You know, I wasn't just a big donkey you could lump it to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was my, I had to constantly prove that. You see like a profile of a player and you think, oh, he can't play. But I said, remember we used to do like boxes? We used to do tricks. And you look at me and think, how are you doing these sort of things with your feet when you're this big? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, for instance, it's like, okay, for instance, Harlan, yeah? Uh, Harlan moves like he's five foot ten. Like, mm-hmm. He moves like he's five foot ten. So dynamic and he changes direction. And you think, how can you move like that when you're that size? Oh, it's good to have you on the pod, Jermaine. This is going to be fun. We are, I should point out, this isn't the normal pub where we record this in. This is the away pub, as we call it. Uh, you always get loads of away fans here on the way to Wembley. And what you might notice throughout this podcast is car horns. Um, I don't know if you boys saw this. Just as we were arriving, they just started protesting outside. It's not against the podcast. Right. It's some, they're protesting about something out there, but you probably yeah. will hear a lot of car horns throughout this because I don't think anyone here can go out and tell them mm. to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of people super glue themselves to floors and things like that. Like what? Is there anything you're into that you, you would super glue yourself to, to a floor for? Well, it's an interesting one, this, because it it started kicking off at Watford uh, not too long ago around the, the ownership at Watford because results weren't going away and a lot of people weren't happy. And, glue involved? Uh, um, they were talking about what form of protest we're going to take. And there was one idea about everyone just leaving on a certain minute. Um, another one was dropping, uh, I think it was like dropping leaflets en masse. In the crowd, it's interesting. Some people turn their backs at the football, don't they? But they don't go for the glue. Imagine if, like, a whole stand super glued themselves to their seats. Yeah, but you wouldn't. But it's an odd protest, that isn't it? Because if you're protesting at the ownership of the football club, the the game. Yeah, Yeah, but that's then they've been really attentive. They haven't gone out at half time. They've stayed out celebrating celebrating goals. (laughs) Yeah, it's taken seven series to get. Jermaine Defoe on this podcast. We've been trying for a while. I think you know that. So it's yeah. wicked to get you on. Nice one. Would you both acknowledge yourselves that you are one of football's most iconic duos? <laughs> 100% numbers don't lie. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Uh, <laughs> I can, I can, I, do you know what I mean? What do you, like, number, the numbers are there. <laughs> Crouchy, people talk about obviously York and Cole, obviously Kane and Sonny, Shearer, Sheringham, Shearer, Sutton. I think if you look at the numbers and stuff, that's what everyone talks about, Statman then surely we must be up there. But Biggest, we, we were under, eight, under 18 level with England. We, did, we, we scored goals together. Under 21 level, we scored goals together. Full England, we scored goals together. Portsmouth and, and Tottenham as well. So we had, we had a good... You know, and it was the traditional thing. I think you don't see it as much anymore. Nah. You know, like Quinn and Phillips. Quinn and Phillips, yeah. Um, you know, like big man, little man kind of combination. In that combination of, of a sort of a big player and a shorter player that's a bit nippier... How do you play each of the roles? So, Jermaine, how do you play with a partner like Crouchy? 
I can't remember me and Crouchy ever sitting down and be like, right, I'm going to do this or so you're going to do that. I think it's just like, just an understanding. And what helps, obviously, when you, when you play together for a long time, and like you said, when you play together from like, I don't know, England youth and you go to the 21s and actually play for England at senior level and then at club level, like two or three different clubs, then I think just naturally, me watching his game, him watching, him, like there's times where the ball will go long and I think, he's not going to head this. He's just going to bring it down and do his stuff and then, or times I'll just gamble. I remember we played against Man United at home. I scored after about 40 seconds. Yeah. And then what happened was the ball went long and then Crouchy, and, and I sort of like, went to go to the near post and I just stood still and Rio covered the near post and Crouchy, a lot of maybe forwards would have sort of like just gone off my first movement but he headed it down to me and I just overkicked, scored. Like, so it's just understanding. Yeah, and I think like good players sort of understand like where it's going to be. Like for that instance, the ball would always come into me and then I would always just try and get a, sh- a shot for Jay, do you know what I mean? Or myself, if I could. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, you know, like, and obviously if I'm, fight- if I'm fighting, you know, he's got the presence of mind. So if I'm fighting, you know, in the balls in the air, that I, I'm not going to be able to bring it, I'm going I'm to be flicked. So he needs to get in behind, you know. It's like this, it's very simple, but effective. And there's so many players that don't understand. Just, I think just some, some things, it just happens naturally. Do you know one of my favourite, obviously, Jay, Jay's a lover of goals, right? And obviously, uh, you know, absolutely loves it. And this is in his DNA, okay? But like, remember, uh, obviously, there was one where Nugent took it off him, right, for England, which he, like, we were talking about. I know what you're going to say. No, I was talking about the one where Portsmouth, oh my right? God. There, he's, he's gone Everton away, remember? He's gone, he's gone round side and he's dinked the keeper and it's hit the bar. And it was my first goal. So I've nodded it in on the line after it's bounced on the line. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one that's in the record books. You've got to watch it after. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it was over. Be, like, honest, be honest with yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I remember doing an interview after the game and that, and they, and they spoke about it. Because obviously, everyone knows I love scoring goals. And I said, no, 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 it's Crouchy. Do you believe it was Crouchy's? It's Crouchy's. Because, <laughs> because, because, you know what it was? Even though, like, I'd, I'd done the keeper, it was like a beautiful, a beautiful chip and stuff goal. like that. Uh. And then uh, when obviously Crouch headed it in, I thought, nah, it's Crouchy, man. Like, no problem. Anyone you, else? Yeah. When you say I do anyone appreciate else, that. do you treat, do you feel you've treated Crouchy different to other strike partners? How, how quickly do you yeah, write you do. off a strike partner? No, you don't write them off because anyone you play with, not just a centre forward, to be any sort of player, I spoke to Owen Hargreaves about this yesterday, you need ego. Because you're, you're in the change rooms with a squad of 25 players and your friends, but you're competing. If there's five forwards, so you have to be single-minded. You need that little bit of arrogance. Ronaldo's had his whole career, but you need that to be at the top level. You need that. And I just feel like if you speak to any centre-forward, if you get dropped and someone that's playing ahead of you scores three goals, the person that's on the bench, well, are you going to be happy? Why would you be happy? But with Crouchy, I always wanted Crouchy to score. And, and a lot of times, I've been in a situation before when I've been with forwards and that, and then say like you score, but I feel, you can just tell, I feel, I used to get that feeling where, oh, you're not that happy for me. Mm. But I always knew, if I scored, even though I scored the five goals against Wigan, I knew Crouchy was buzzing for me. You don't, always, you don't always get that. Andy Cole and Dwight York, you could see, and they weren't false. You, 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 just, you can just see that doesn't matter who scored, they were just buzzing for each other. And then mm. that's where you get a proper partnership. So why was that, do you reckon? What, what, what was different about you two that meant you but, were happy for each other? Well, what Jay yeah. touched on there, I think is so important. Like that, um, the mentality of anyone in that kind of elite environment, like Premier League player, yeah. England player, you have to have a, a degree of arrogance. Like, yeah. Uh, you have to have so much belief in yourself to be in there amongst all these players or this harsh kind of environment where yeah. people want to take your place, believe they're better. I think what, what he's saying is that, you know, I, I, I liked it when other people scored. And like, you know, if you're a complete bellend, I, I, you know, like, like, I'll be honest with you, like, Pav, 
you could see Pavlichenko, right? You could see in his eyes, he didn't want me to play. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like, he didn't want, you know, he was ruthless. He was like, yeah, yeah. I, I could literally, I passed it and he wouldn't, he wouldn't like even say hello because I, yeah. he, he was that angry that I was playing yeah. ahead of him, you know? And like, you get I, that, I could see it. But in a way, it's like, you don't like it, but you understand it, sort of thing. Yeah, like, I get it. I get it. We're all like okay, that, yeah. aren't we? We're yeah, all like wanna, that. So you want to play, and that's and that's and you need that that bit of yeah, because you I need think that. strikers is the most. My perception of it from the outside is the most arrogant of all the positions on a football pitch. Of course, yeah. yeah. Did you? Was it a bond that was just on the pitch, or was part the special? Yeah, well, magic of this formed outside let me, let, as well. Let's Did, be honest about it. Let's, every now and then, Jermaine would put me wide when he could put me in. So yeah, I, so, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I'd have to cross it back to him. Let's be honest about it. Still, you know, I love him to pieces, he's a step but, ahead. but he's a goal-scoring yeah, 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 yeah. machine, you know? <laughs> Crashy, I saw him make that bad ball and that. Like, <laughs> and I said, Jay, when you scored the five at Wigan, I said it was a couple. Right? I thought he could have squared, and I said, Jay, fifth one, right? And I said, you got four. I said, Jay, come on, I'm near him. Like, Wait, come on. When I scored the fifth, watch Crouchy. When you actually sit, it's funny, man. I'm like, Jay, so I'm going over to him. I go, Jay, you've got four. Like, come on, like, and he's, you know. It's in his DNA. It's in his DNA. Sharon Andy Cole got five. I need to get five. If there'd been a penalty, would you would have taken that? You wouldn't have donated a sixth. I just want I'll give it to him. Yeah. Cross scored five. I know he scored six, do I? That was really interesting. We were around Crouchy's house and he has these balls there. That, and, you know, um, as a fan, you can occasionally get a signed ball from a football club and it's nice. It's got player signatures. They can't be asked. You've just written like J. It, yeah. there's, min- there's no effort, mate. There's a lot of effort. write your name. I've been there. Yeah, your name is JD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with Crouchy's balls, do you, do you have the same as him? Have you got a setup at your place? And you've yeah, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some so, of these Yeah, items. so you've got a lot of my ones at my mum's, but you get like, um, every now and again, it's nice to read them because when you score a hat trick and that and you're buzzing and all that, sign it and that, you get in the shower and you've got the match ball and that, sometimes you don't read and then it's not until like sort of like you finish and sometimes I read them and that, it's on a message, it's nice, yeah, it's good. How many hat tricks, Jay? I think my mum's got about 11 balls. Were you, were you prolific as a kid? Even when I played for like my school team, like broke all the records and then when I, when I went to West Ham and I was under 17s, I was playing under 19s, like my first year, that's when I thought, okay, I'm playing a year up. I'm playing with the boys that won the FA Youth Cup the year before. I remember scoring two, three, four goals every game. And Harry, what, Harry ran up the home games at Chadwell Heath. He would watch all the games before the three o'clock kickoff of the first team. So he'd watch all the games. And I always knew that he was on the side watching. So I used to just think, I need to score like twos and threes every game. Just had that hunger from day one, really. But even more so... When, I didn't know that about Harry. I didn't know that he was going to those games yeah, before to, yeah, before to, the 3 p.m.s he was at. He used to watch the game I remember 11 playing o'clock. 11 o'clock. I remember playing at uh, Chad Weave and, the, and Harry would be watching. That's incredible. Yeah. I think that's the side of him you don't really hear. Yeah, no. he just loves, you know, he loves his football. You know, he just he just wants to take in a game and yeah. watch YouTube. Yeah. yeah, so I'd always, always see him down there whenever I played as the away team. You would say you have to score... <laughs> I, I have to score twos or threes in every one of those games. You just made it happen, regardless. Yeah, because I, I don't know. I was just so, so obsessed with football. Like When you're obsessed with something, that's all you do. That's all you think about. I used to go home. I'd watch Ian Wright's DVD. I'd watch the DVD, watch his finishing, watch the movement. I'd go train the next day. I'd just do all the stuff I've seen. When I look at your game, I see so much of Ian Wright. Like, how much of an influence was he? He was massive because I was lucky, obviously. When I signed for West Ham, he was still there. It's the back end of his career. He's not going to be there long. So I'm just, I was going to try and take as much from him as possible. Um, obviously, as well as like, obviously, Lamps was there, Rio, all that lot, but like, the Canyon was there, was brilliant with the young players. But right, it was just like, spoke about finishing movement. It was sort of like, hold me during training, so I'd time my movement in a box. So, loads of stuff that like, I took from right is at when I was 16 what, what years old. What specifically? 
when you say what what would he do? Hold you back in the book? Like, I think, what, I think, what what like specifically do you remember? Was so we do like, like crossing, we do crossing the finish, and he always just says to me, he said you're getting into the, you're getting into the box too early. You're getting into the box, and sometimes the ball's coming behind you, or like so it's all about timing. So I used to sort of like hold on to my training kit. Especially back then, the training kit was so baggy. And you'd be wanting to move. Right. So he'd been holding to my training kit, then he'll push me across the near post. And I think when you do all these things as young kids, it sticks, it stays with you. It's mad. Like for yeah. me, hearing the idea of Ian Wright holding the back of your, your, your vest, like, like, and you're wanting to move and it feels unnatural. That, and then you release. It's so yeah. weird. Like, because that was the exact same. I think it's so common in young forwards that you want to get into the box early, but. If you if you delay it, you've got more chance of scoring. If you've gone past the near post, there's absolutely zero chance. If yeah. you look at it percentage wise, if you're you know arriving in the middle of the goal, sort of as the ball's delivered, obviously you know fifty, sixty, seventy percent, it just increases your percentage of scoring. It's like, you know, you, you've got no chance if you're past the near post by the time the ball comes in. You know? and it's just over eagerness. Yeah. I remember coaches and managers hold, holding me back. To get your timing yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially like, in the yeah. box. Did you like to feel that in the game then? Because you done it. In, did you feel that someone was talking your back in your mind? You mm. just think, do you know, get if the ball goes wide, you think, okay, I need to be patient. Don't get in there too early, and sometimes you might even get in too late. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's it's just you keep doing it, you practice it in training and stuff like that, and then you know more games you play, the more comfortable. And then and then you look at Harlan, you see him like in a box. His his timing is perfect. Everything's just so relaxed. He's, you know, it just delays his movement and it just goes bang wherever, wherever it goes near post or far post. And it comes and he just finishes. Like, but it's all about timing, I think. Do you think with him as well, it's about his change of speed? Oh, yeah. The change, well, the change, that's, I mean, that's, all, that's natural these, to, to have that sort of like change of speed and have that sort of intelligence as well, where to be in a box and, and on top of all that, like, just be so calm in front of goal. Frightening. Do you, do you think he gets away with more just from his physicality? Do you think he gets away with stuff that would otherwise with other strikers be a foul? No, I just think, I just no. think he's just When he threw a machine, the defender yeah. on the was it Webster yeah. on the floor the other day. It was got to be stronger. It was a tap. It was a joke, wasn't it? Webster's a big lad big as well. Fella, like, <laughs> mate, he was throwing people on the floor. It was, <laughs> it was just like... <laughs> I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think he gets away with anything, to be honest. I, feel like, I just feel like he's that good. Mm. Yeah, my issue with Haaland, Jay, is um, I, I feel like he's... The way he's going about his goal scoring and stuff is making sort of certainly me look a bit shit. <laughs> he's destroying all records, you know, like it's, it's, those records you guys hold so dear. He's getting, say, like if he's getting three good chances a game, he's taking all three. You, you always fancy him to score. 100%. I think that one of the, the, the mad things is he's on like one expected goal a game, which is like he's getting served an incredible amount of high chances. So in good he's going to score 60 goals then. But it was when the last time I worked it out, it was sixty-three. But that's you know he's having a good first season. We said this on the last good pod. first season. We we don't know what Wayne Lineker's going to do with him uh, in the summer break, and you know that could break him. No chance. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's hard once once he gets hold of you. <laughs> <laughs> once you get sucked in, that's it. <laughs> the Pep Lineker combo as managers are. I mean, we've said this on the pod. Wayne Lineker looks after the summer management of the City team. Um, and then you've got Pep for the season, you know? Mm-hmm. And between them, they do a fantastic job. Well, I'll say one, about, one thing about Jay. I don't think I've ever seen you really... At, yeah, don't drink much, do you? Mm-hmm. Nah. When I was playing, never. And, if, and obviously, I've been around obviously I've been around the lads and the boys were drinking stuff like that. But it got to the point where we used to go out, someone tried to give me a drink, the lads would be like, ah, nah, Jay, you don't drink. Yeah. Yeah, that was just, just normal. Fine. Yeah, like it was totally fine. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. The last bit out, no, JD's not trying to know. I, th- I, d- I think that's interesting because I think with footballers, it, obviously, the natural conversation is how were the Christmas parties? How were the it, like? And, yeah, but he was and, always and there. It was always no, involved. What, what yeah, I'm saying is a lot of those stories centre around 
being pissed. If you're going out with the lads, if we've won on a weekend, and you've won, mm. we'll celebrate together. Anything we've done was together. We had a good group, to be fair. And I think it's... Do you know what? It's probably different now because, see, like with social media and stuff like that, I think it's harder for players. So, I mean, it's harder now. Of course, you have to go out, and especially when you're young, I, like, no one's saying that you can't go out and enjoy yourself and stuff like that. But I think you have to be careful. But it was good that how, like, if we'd go out as a team, whether that's go for a meal or we'd always be together, and I think that's important. What was your reasoning behind that, Jay? Just like because yeah. you wanted to be the best you could be. That, as that a was it. Yeah, just the best I could be. Like, because I didn't do it when I was younger. I didn't feel like I was missing anything because I didn't do it anyway. So I was just like, I just, I'd go out with the boys, no problem, have a good time and that, and then just drive home and stuff like that. But I didn't really. Were you designated driver then? Uh, uh, always. From... Yeah. <laughs> always. Hated yeah. it. You've seen all sorts, haven't you? Oh, man. Next. <laughs> Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Some real technical stuff in this podcast so far. I've got to sort of bring you out of that a little bit just to discuss um, what's your thoughts on Crouchfest? Bit of an odd one, right? Wembley Arena. Do Wembley Arena. Thousands of people. Mm. A festival all about Peter Crouch. When's the Foe Fest? No, I, I, you know what? I'm just happy to go to Crouch's one. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to be good. No, I'm gonna... just happy to go. I'll be, I'll be there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> what we thought we'd do is settle the Messi-Ronaldo debate there because there'll be thousands of people. It seems like the right place. We can do it in the run-up to it. But also yeah. there we can have a load of people and sort of get a final decision of sorts. Part of this, Crouch has been getting his phone book out and um, firing off messages to all sorts of people. We heard your message as well. Okay. Well, I've, I've just banged it out to like five randoms, I'll be honest, on the way to this pod now. And uh, Sean Dyche. Great. <laughs> Great now, start. <laughs> I, I've got this theory, Jay, that I think that you can tell a Ronaldo or a Messi, Messi. just by looking by, by the character. Do you reckon? I think you can. Well, let's... let's Let's do that then. Sean Dyche, oh, what do you reckon? Ronaldo. Hard work, yeah. in the gym, that's... first one in, last one to leave. Yeah. Jay, this is exactly what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? You can tell... A Pep Guardiola, Tiki Taka, Messi. What's Dave? You know, what? what's Dave? Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Yeah. Incorrect, I'm Messi. Oh. You're not, bro. I'm <laughs> you're <Messi>. not. He's <laughs> in denial, isn't he? Exactly. All right. As I said, to, to be honest, not, Messi, you man. used to be Ronaldo. <laughs> I changed, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a United fan. So Ronaldo, obviously, at the start of his career at Manchester United, absolutely fantastic. And then from that point, Messi beat United twice. Yeah, he did, yeah. And I was bitter for a long time. Jermaine's like a psychic, you know, um, even when you say something, it's like, that's that's not wrong. I think you are lying. So, um, (laughs) okay, well, let's all guess Sean Dyche. So Dave, what are you going for? Yeah, definitely Ronaldo. He's going to say Ronaldo. Ronaldo. I think he's going to go Ronaldo. I, I agree. Crouch dog for me, it's got to be Ronaldo just because he's done it so many places, so many different challenges, so many different styles. Fits into an all, just gets the job done. Proper legend, just, just gets, gets the, the job, job done. done. <laughs> just get it done, no messing about. Gets it done, no mess about. Bit like his voice note, no goodbye or anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> just there he is. Crouchy, bang, this is why, bang. Anthony Joshua, Messi or Ronaldo? He's a, he's a Messi. Oh, you reckon I was going to go Ronaldo? You reckon Messi? I reckon Messi. Yeah. I'm going to go Messi as well, actually. He should be Ronaldo, you think, would it? But I'm, yeah. I'm, going, to, I'm going to say Messi. What's happening, Crouchy? Hope you're warm. I'm going with Ronaldo. Huh? Doesn't need to explain. <laughs> doesn't, does it? <laughs> I mean, an explanation would have been nice. <laughs> Why doesn't need to? Are you going to ask him to? Was that, was that definitely him? What did, what did you go back with? <laughs> Cheers. Said, yeah, love it. Yeah. Next week. <laughs> That's great. Don't elaborate. Do you know what I love about this? Jermaine's slightly disappointed in himself for getting that wrong. 
I, I feel if you say Ronaldo, you don't know football very well. Yeah, it's true. That's, that's <laughs> absolutely extraordinary that's that's thing to say, by the way. That is insulting to a lot of no, people. I think he's, I think he's absolutely... <laughs> Ronaldo good. is incredible. I think he's incredible. But I do... I look a little bit down on you if you say Ronaldo. Because you from, don't know from, football so well. No, from a purist <laughs> term, unfortunately, I do, have, I do have a little bit of disdain for you. A tiny, tight 1%. You see, if you speak to any, any other Ballon d'Or winner, most of them will say Messi. Is that because they feel they can't say Ronaldo, though? They can say Ronaldo. Why can't they say Ronaldo? Because, as Crouchy says, you get accused of not knowing no, football. No, <laughs> I didn't say that. What I said was, I personally, my particular opinion is, 1% of me thinks less of you. <laughs> Yeah. Say Ronaldo. Just ever so slightly. Just a tiny bit. I just think I don't think he knows football enough very well. Okay. Who's, who's gone? Who do you think then? Uh, I did say. Yeah, I did Ronaldo's say Ronaldo. He wears shin pads in five aside, Joe. You wear shin pads. <laughs> I don't know, man. No, I, I, no, I can't relate that for a while. I'm from Canning Town. So, uh, put your socks on. Put your boots on. Let's play. You'd never wear shin pads. For what? What do you mean for what? Protect the shins. Not... Protect the shins. <laughs> so, for, so okay, Power League with your mates there. You've got, you've got shinies on. I do. Oh, strap I've got my initials on my boots and everything. <laughs> CSO3. Oh, man. Oh, mate. You've got to go in confident. I think, you see, maybe this is the messy, but maybe this is the messy Ronaldo. But I didn't think wear shin pads training in 20 years. If you wear shin pads, it shows you mean business. I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Why? Go on, go on. You're not going away. I think it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's as you're saying. It's like it's a gut thing. So but tough. What I boil it down to in my head is one on one. Who would who would win? That's how I settle it. Valid point. Yeah. Well, you're not stopping Messi. Messi will go past anyone one on one ten times. Yeah, but Ronaldo would do it as well. I think three, four, five, six people. I think a lot of Ronaldo's goals were like he changed his game. He just became an animal in a box. He's, I know he used to be at wide step overs going past people and that, but I feel like if when you when you watch a lot of Messi's goals, Messi's doing things you're like, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be able Ronaldo's to. Ronaldo's going to knock it past him and sprint past. Yeah, that's it's going to be do, a bit yeah. of you. It's going to be speed. He's going to be power, explosive. Yeah. It's going to be explosive. Nothing he can do. Yeah. Be as skillful as you like, but you won't yeah. see him. Should we get Abby's take on it? I think uh, this this settles it. And what this is a big this is a big name. Ronaldo or Messi? Obviously, I'm not a football fan. But I do like to watch Ronaldo. Ronaldo I think yeah. he's the best player in the world. Like, Why, babe? Just because he's got loads of pizzazz. <laughs> he can do all the skills. I don't really like watching Messi because I think he's got zero pizzazz. Uh, I don't know. He just doesn't look the part to me. Too he might small. Be quick, but that's about it. You might, you might be quick, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't that's look the part. <laughs> That is brilliant. Nailed it. To be fair, she has stumbled upon something there. I understand that. Ronaldo Do you think if one. Messi looked like Ronaldo, imagine they both had the same game but looked like each other. No, that Ronaldo blows looks... your mind, doesn't it? <laughs> well, that is mind blowing. Yeah, Ronaldo looks like a machine, doesn't he? Yeah. Talking of like being a machine and stuff, like you were always across like the latest thing, like cryotherapy, like you yeah, all that stuff. Baths, like, yeah, you still involved? You still? What are you doing now? Coaching at the academy, but I still train most days. Yeah. I'll just join. I'll just join in because I feel like you see if you're coaching. Sometimes when you just demonstrate, it's better for the boys. Still got it, mate. Still training. Yeah, really? Still hitting the side netting. Yeah, have you still yeah. got it? But I mean, is, is that the problem? If you join in as a coach and then fuck it up, that's a horrible place. But to remember, be I, in, I only, isn't I only it? retired last season. Yeah, you still got so it. So in a sense, I think while you're still 
youngish. But didn't you Why do you? soccer? Did you do soccer aid? Yeah, no, no, yeah, because no, I yeah, thought I was cheating. I had to do it. Never had a choice. Yeah, because you were. Big I mean, Sam you were me, just extraordinary. Big Sam was at Sunday. He phoned me. I was in St. Lucia. He said, "You need to get back here." I said, "Gaffer, I'm on holiday. I ain't coming back and playing soccer aid. And plus, I'm still playing." He said, "If you don't come back and play, see that new contract you're meant to be getting. You're not getting it, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Big Sam. <laughs> <laughs> me, see that new contract you're getting and that all them goals you scored and that you're not getting it get back in now and play for me I was like oh, okay Gaffer and that it's mad yeah. did you bang a few in? banged in too pissed uh, wasn't it? jet lagged and that but <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst you know two, we did 2v2s in training right? I always remember I can't remember who my partner was but we got paired up against Aaron Lennon and Jermaine Defoe right? I <laughs> <laughs> had a small t- small sided games like that shift bang I don't think there's anyone better. I don't think I've seen anyone better. Is there anything you want to achieve now, Jay? Like, um, you know, now you retired, and do you want to do? Do you want to manage, or do you? Yeah, want to... Do you know what? I love. To, do you know what? It's only like you know when you're playing, not really think about managing. Mm. You're just so focused on playing the next game. I've got ages. I don't need to think about. And then since I've been into the academy at Tottenham, and and you're doing your badges, and you're sort of like um, you're learning every day, and you're seeing players that you've played with become managers, and you think, do you know what? I, I fancy that. So at the minute, obviously, I'm completing my badges. And I think for me as well, because I've played for so long, so it's almost like I've seen both sides the way it was in that, compared to like now, how the game's changed completely. Like you've got goalkeepers that, a lot of times your goalkeeper has more touch than number nine. Crouchy has a very disparaging view on goalkeepers, really. I think they, you know, we need them. You know what I mean? We all, we all need you don't them. But you don't, you don't respect them as footballers. Well, they're not footballers, they're goalkeepers, yeah. <laughs> the reason I say this is um, I got uh, I got a WhatsApp from Aaron Ramsdale, right? Who um, listened to the podcast where you were going in on goalkeepers last? What did I say about goalkeepers? Well, can I, shall I play you the message from Rambo and then yeah. you decide how you're going to respond <laughs> to this? And maybe Jermaine can sort of help you a bit. Uh, here we go. Starkey, just catching up on the podcast, listening to the coaches squad part two, when you talk about goalkeepers, he still winds me up, but. The other thing is, how, do, how can we become managers when the goalkeepers need a goalie coach? So goalkeepers will just go into being goalie coaches. But I reckon I'd do a better job than Crouchy as a manager. He's obviously listening to the podcast on the yeah. way into training and has been that sort of rattled by it. He's then going to message me to then pass it on to you. Yeah, yeah. But like the, the evidence is there. Obviously, Dave can back me up stats-wise. The, the goalkeepers, there's not many out there who are managers. The stat was there was out of the Premier League manager and we're looking into it, 2.7% of the managers in, in Premier League history were goalkeepers, 7 out of 259. There you go. Do you think that, that'll change with how goalkeepers have changed? Maybe, because now goalkeepers are almost like the spare player. They have to play out from the back, have to be available, have to play under pressure. Whereas years ago, goalkeepers, well, you, you never see a goalkeeper. No, I, can't, no, no, no. I can't remember Shaka Hislop joining the, in, a, <laughs> in an AVA or, or 6v6 or... You just wouldn't see it. But now goalkeepers have to be good with their feet. You have to play. You have to be the spare player. We have to use the goalkeeper as much as possible to get out. Mm. But in your experience of a striker now, getting into the coaching and seeing all that side, is it is it weird treating goalkeepers in that way? Or does that, being honest, like does it feel a bit unnatural to be... Yeah, when I watch it, even not just like when I watch games now, it's, it's, it's weird to see it. <laughs> because normally, it's, it's weird to see it because before, it's like goal kicks and stuff and you're just like... Just kick just long, kick it. it. So you just launch it to the halfway line, second balls and that, and then we play. Not saying team that used to play back then, but now obviously goalkeepers like pass the centre, goalkeeper get it, find a spare player. All that it's it's like it's amazing, and and the top ones are unbelievable with their feet. 
And what was your favourite time, Jay, as a player? Like, is there one season that sticks out? You think oh, I was on fire, I was untouchable that season. I think the 2010 one. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, when I got the five goals against Wigan, see before the World Cup, and I think because the because I knew it was something like the World Cup year and stuff like, that, and you had to be on it just from pre-season. Really, I was just started like, a good pre-season, and then I think that's that the 2009-10 season. season that was yeah proper on it. That was your most prolific season as a duo as well. He scored 23 goals when playing together. Didn't what did Jay get? 21. <laughs> Jay was on 17, perhaps you were on 7. <laughs> I like that combination. That's a good combination. Stat. <laughs> you know what I mean, Crouchy? It was, it was together, wasn't it? 23 yeah, goals yeah, like together. That. Exactly. Good start that one, Dave. <laughs> Let's get up. <laughs> well, which uh, kind of moves on to um, a section that we've previously had called Generous Lover. Should we go through that now, Chris? What are we going What's for, that What do you want to know? So what stats have you got We're, we're going to test the lads on generous lovers in terms of strike partners working together, assisting each other. When you say generous lover, what, what exactly do you mean? Like, so as it... in one player assists the other a little bit more. Right. So that the first one, out of the two of you, you can work together here. Who was the most generous lover? Crouchy. I'd say me, yeah. Can confirm Crouchy were the most generous. Four assists to, to Jermaine and Jermaine too. This is just Premier League from um, the times you were at Spurs and Portsmouth. We've got a bit of a quiz on the podcast for probably the first time. Um, so, <laughs> probably the last day. Probably the last time as well. But it, it, brings out, it brings out one player that we mentioned previously. So first for Crouchy, was Jermaine more generous than Raphael van der Vaart? What? Like too Crouchy? Too yeah. Crouchy. Well, like longevity, me and Jay, that was, was more, you know what I mean? But maybe Rafa. It was exactly the same. Was it really? Yeah, exactly the same. Uh, Jermaine, let's, let's move on to you and Raphael van der Vaart. Okay. More generous or less than Crouchy to you? Less. Absolute bang on. Two yeah. assists, that was it. Yeah, what was the impact of, of Raphael van der Vaart on the squad? I loved him. Yeah, he was class. He, he was brilliant for Spurs. He only played 60 minutes, didn't you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know from like, the first session, you're like, oh. Yeah, straight away. You like, can see why he played for Real Madrid. Even like, the times when I played with him, say like you made runs, he won't pass the ball to you, you pass it where you need to run. I think this guy is just like, it's always like, it's like he's just two steps ahead in his head. He's it, passing, the way he received the ball, his first touch, the way he protected the ball, because he weren't really big. I loved him. I thought he was, I yeah, thought he was he top, was top. He was top. a top player. But like when we uh, sit with Harry and he just used to buzz off watching like Luca and, and, Rafa. and Rafa play, <sighs> when they were on the same team together, it was, yeah. it was beautiful to watch. Sit back and enjoy. Right, shall we get back to the quiz? Roman Pavlichenko. Oh my God. Pav. Was he more generous? To both of you than each other? No, nah, he wasn't generous to anyone. No, nah, Pam used to just touch, just smash <laughs> touch it through. Touch and bang with both hard, feet. Hard though, hard. Like, <laughs> be fair, smashing he had a rocket of, on both feet, didn't he? It was unbelievable. To be honest, you can't like, you know, I'll give him a bit of stick for not passing and being a bit aggressive towards me because I was playing ahead of him. But, it, my God, he could he strike a football. I always felt like if he hit the targets, it's a goal. Oh. He used to hit it so hard. You know, like, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, just like, bang, just like... Nothing was placed. Yeah, nothing. No. No, no absolutely. Sometimes. Correct. Yeah, like yeah. Pavlichenko, one assist to each of you. He was yeah, that's well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, last one for you, Jermaine. Would you say that Adebayor was more generous than Crouchy as a lover? No, nah, Adi weren't generous to me. No, correct. Crouchy was twice as generous as yeah, uh, Manuel Adebayor. No. Um, and finally for you, Crouchy. What was that? I felt like, I mean, that, from the outside, it was like I lost my girlfriend, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah. I saw him coming in like, <laughs> I, I was know, told I, I was told to leave really from Spurs, you know, like they got a good bid from Stoke and I had to get off and then Addy. all of a sudden I'm seeing, you know, Adebayor flirting with Jay Should and Rafa. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, what have yeah. I done, you know? Like, yeah, how did you find him? <laughs> Addy was, was obviously a top player in that, but he was, do you know what? It was good in the change rooms. Funny guy, 
Oh, he's um, funny as well. Fuck funny. That was funnier. Yeah. That was my fucking role. What did you say? He was, he was funnier or funny? Nah, he was... Who was, was, was the man. funniest, though? <laughs> nah, Crouchy was funny. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Crouchy and Woody. Okay. Crouchy, Jonathan Woodgate, Bentley... Uh, oh, but Addy was good. Yeah. Good player. He done well. For you, Crouchy, who is more generous? Jermaine or Jonathan Walters? I would say it has to be John Walters. Yeah, correct. Jonathan Walters was your most generous lover when you played together as Strat yeah, Partner. Yeah. Eight assists. Really? Yeah. Jermaine, do you know who, who was your most generous lover when you were playing in the Premier League as a Strat Partner only? Was it not Crouchy, no? Dimitar Berbatov. Really? Yeah. Did you like playing with him? He was good. Uh, great player, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how good was he? Because from the outside He's looking, I didn't touch. play with him. Yeah, like... Yeah, oh, mate. Just like... Burkamp-esque, kind of. He, do you know what? He was just... Cle- he spoke about Rafa. similar. Just clever. Mm. Really clever. Like, unselfish, to be fair, to him. I mean, just, nat- just naturally gifted. Like, his first touch and just like so calm and silky, the way he moves and stuff. Like, he was, he was proper. Who's the best you played with other than me, Jay? Right, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Canio. Really, Canio. Naturally, he's probably like a number 10. He used to do this chop where he'd go to shoot and then chop, then he'd go wide and face people up. Like, And you know what he's going to do? But he just couldn't stop him. I don't know if you heard Joe Cole speak about him. Like, all the, We loved him as like young players and stuff. We just watch him every day and he just learn so much. For you, like young players coming through that West Ham team, people like... Like Ruddock and Wright oh, and um, Loma. Decanio, Steve Lomas. Lomas. Like, like the characters in that team. In a way, it's good because you grow up so fast. It's almost like you're scared to give the ball away. So just, just having that sort of like, oh, if I give the ball away, I'm going to get hammered. Right? But Trevor Sinclair, like uh, Razor, Wright was there. Paolo. Paolo, Paolo was good with the young players. He, who, who's like, the worst though? Who was harsh with the... Trevor, Trevor, Trevor was on you. But then after training, be the first one to hug you and sort of like give you anything you need. Like... But even even like John Monker, Steve Lomas, oh, Lomi was fiery. Just, you're just scared to give the ball away. So like, even that's helping your development because when you get, you know you have to keep it. Everything you did has to be, and I think growing up in that sort of environment, like training with the first team every day at the age of 16, is like, like, it was proper. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Lutz, should we get stuck into a few messages? Uh, we got a message here from Dean. Hi, Dean. Says, I know Crouchy claims to be good mates with Glenn Johnson, but I don't think it's true. I used to commute via Euston and would often cross paths with Glenn on the escalators as he was heading up into the main station. I would then pass Crouchy, who was always a couple of seconds behind Glenn, heading for the same train, but would never see them together. Glenn clearly wanted to keep some distance. Uh-oh. I thought you were mates. Well, I'd like to think so as well. Yeah. <laughs> but these are trying to... Drive a wedge between England, us. Portsmouth, yeah, Stoke. But what, what, what do you want me to do? Stand next to him on the escalator. <laughs> I, like, you, you can literally on the escalator. You can only go one Maybe at a time. Maybe he's trying to make it not too obvious. You know, it's like you stand together. Oh, Glenn Johnson, Peter Crouch. Too obvious then. I said, Jono, if you just walk in front of me, uh. you put your hood on. I'm crouchy. Well, I can't hide. But <laughs> I'll just walk out the back and that. And then we get on there. And then you just sit over there. I sit over there. And then we get off. And then we go training together. Yeah, I mean that's wild. If you're on the escalator mm. going the other way, and you're like Glenn Johnson. 
Peter Crouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a strange one, yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got another message here. This one's from Adam. Um, he said, could Peter please apologise for me? I'm a PE teacher and everyone takes it in turns to wash the spare kit, but I never do my day. This led to a fallout with the rest of the department. I was hoping you'd apologise for me as I have no intention of ever washing the kit, but they're all very angry at me. I feel that Peter making this apology from Mr. Oates to my colleagues might help smooth things over in the short term. Things have been frosty around the department. Well, we're doing this as a service on the podcast at the moment. If you need someone to apologise for you, Peter's very, very good at it. So, Peter, I guess straight down the camera that we've got in front of us here, and if you can just apologise, you've got the story there. I don't know where I stand on this, because Mr. Oates' refusal to wash any kit, like, it's a part of a team, isn't he? Like... Mm. I think he does have to wash it. Yes. Okay, so you're, you're now not offering your <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm going to retract <laughs> okay, fine. my apology. Yeah, uh, Mr. Doer, uh, Mr. Campbell, Miss Oshland, and uh, Mr. Wood, I make you right. Uh, Mr. Oaks, get washing. Yeah. You're here first. <laughs> We've got a message from Andy here, Crouchy. Did you ever consider playing in the MLS? Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, obviously, we've got a man next to us that did it. I enjoyed it over there. Yeah. Like the facilities, the people. I mean, the city was amazing. In terms of like lifestyle and stuff, it was just like spot on. I got contacted by Washington and uh, they said, we, we want you. Uh, we, we're going for Wayne Rooney, but we, we might not get him if we don't. You're they a... didn't say that, I swear they? to you. I swear, they literally told me. <laughs> That's what I said. They literally said Wayne Rooney's our first choice. That's so unnecessarily honest, isn't well, it? Well, I was totally fine with it. <laughs> Managers don't do that, do they? It was like, mm, we're trying for Jermaine, but... Um... We'll have you if if he doesn't if he doesn't come through. <laughs> yeah, we let you know. What did they tell you? Were you first choice? Oh, you first choice did come in or what? Yeah, Juan Nelson. <laughs> we had Drake calling him. What to make them I move? Thought, I actually thought it was one of the lads winding me up. Stop it! I thought it was Aaron. So Lennon you got you get a phone up. call from Drake? Yeah, yeah. And I thought I was out private number. I don't know. I picked it up. Hello, it's Jermaine. Yeah, it's Drake. Yeah, good one. It's Drake. Yeah, good one. I thought it was Aaron. I thought it was one of the boys winding me up. So I was like, yeah, right. No, 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 seriously straight. And obviously, I heard the Canadian accent and all that sort of stuff. And then it was like, oh, yeah, you got to come over. Like, um, what's happening? Have you signed a contract yet? Yeah, you're going to love it over here. Amazing city. I'll take you out. You know, it's a, it's, it's a great club going around. All that sort of stuff. I was like, wow. So, was, was that, did that really seal the deal? Like, you thought you were running an hour about it. And then, obviously, you get a call from Drake and you think, oh, like, amazing. Nah, to be fair, to be fair, the deal was sort of like more or less done. It was just, it was just like a massive support. Obviously, I knew that he, he had some sort of link at the club. I knew that he was involved. But then when you get a phone, I didn't expect, I thought, oh, maybe go over there and that and they introduce me to him. I thought, you see my basketball game or whatever, but you don't expect Drake to phone your phone. But yeah, and he seemed cool on the phone. And then when he called me, I just thought, I was like, no chance. Saint Drake phoning me. That needs to happen more in football with Watford. You Elton, wait until Elton. Elton calls you. You wait until Elton calls you. Yeah. Norwich, you wait until you get a call from Delia. <laughs> Mate, players. I've, I've, or Jake Humphrey. I've had that for times. Jake Humphrey. Yeah. But don't don't say yes until that happens. Otherwise, you're not rated. Well, exactly. Yeah. You got to just wait. Yeah. No. So you because obviously a lot, lot of people go out to the MLS and that's it. You that's you, it. Because yeah, I, yeah. I just thought when you went out there and you signed what was it like a quite four a long year contract, four yeah. year contract. No one signs a four year deal, do they? And you're quite in the prime still. Not in your prime, 30, but 31 and yeah, you're not. Was. You weren't. You're yeah. still firing. I don't know. When I went, I, I, do you know what? I missed the Premier League. Even then, I thought, do you know what? Probably won't go back on that. But then what happened was Harry Harry phoned me. Harry phoned me and said, RJ, oh, do you want to obviously come to QPR? And I was like, obviously tempting. Be back in the Premier League, another opportunity. That didn't happen. And then uh, Gus Poyet. I remember I was in, I was in the south of France and I just had an operation on my groin. And I remember Gus Poyet messaging me, basically saying, listen, 
Leeds at Sunderland. And obviously, I played with Gus at Tottenham mm. and all that sort of stuff. And then that deal was done quick. You know, when you um, say you missed the Premier League, it, what was it? I'm not going to. I'm not suggesting you took it for granted, but was it one of those that going away sort of made you realise? Made you realise, yeah, how special it how is. Special, yeah. Just that, just that. You know, just that importance of just getting three points in a week and that pressure that you have to win, whether that's top of the league or trying to finish in the top four or just having that pressure and every game was so important. I'm not saying, I'm not saying in the MLS the games weren't important, but it was just a different level. The chants are a bit annoying over yeah, there, aren't just they? Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's, do you notice that? I remember my first game, played against like, Seattle, smashed someone, all the fans in the, in the stand, like all yellow cards in the stand, all that sort of stuff. And I'm thinking... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is different. Everyone jumped up like this. What about England? How was that playing with each other compared to club football? England was special, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, when we were in right front, like, I think about all the journey we sort of we've been on. Like, I remember watching him. Uh, we played against each other at West Ham and Tottenham. And then we played under-21s together. And then all of a sudden, like, you run a pitch. And obviously, Wembley was getting built at the time so we played at Old Trafford, Old Trafford and yeah. I've been in my front together like I've known him for you know 15 yeah, years mad. and then all of a sudden we're up front for England and it's like that was it's such, just a special thing like and then we had a good record together we yeah. always scored we always scored goals I think certainly under McLaren we had a you know enough about us to think maybe start and then but you've got Wayne Rooney and Michael Owen who are yeah, yeah what, was your, what was your take on all that then in terms of selection at that point for me I, Crash is probably the same I just thought you need to stay in the run of England squad. Yeah. Keep getting the squad. Because once you're amongst those, whether that's me, Crouchy, Rooney, Owen, Heskey, let's say if there's five forwards, if you do get an opportunity, you've got to take it because because you might not play the next game or you might not play the next 10 games. You're always going to come on though. You know, like I was thinking, you like, always come on anyway. Like Rooney and Owen are going to start, right? They, 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 were, they were the best two front two but we had. On. But like you always need to be around yeah. it. You're always going to get your chances, especially with their injuries. Like I look at like even Tony now, right? Yeah. I haven't told you, like, he, he's got a chance to, to break in there. He's got Harry Kane in front of him. You're going to play one, it's only ever going to be him. But yeah, he, he just yeah. needs to be the best of the rest. He just needs to be amongst those names. Like, so if you get on a plane, anything can happen. Especially at tournaments. Mm. So he, if, if I'm Ivan Tony or Callum Wilson, Oli Walker, I'm not thinking, oh, do you know what? I'm going to work, I'm not going to play. Because at a tournament, anything can happen. Like we speak about like in the heat, you come on in the semi-final, you get one chance, you score... Yeah, Any level yeah. you've seen it in Champions League level, like Solskjaer, what's it called? Sharing them coming to Champions League final, like big moments in games where sometimes it's probably better of coming. It's probably better actually not starting those games, actually coming and making an impact. You know, but like that mentality, you have to get through that, and yeah, get through that, tough. and get through that because the end goal is when that one chance happens in the quarter final of the World Cup or the. You know, you don't know it might happen. It, yeah. You know, you might get that opportunity to all of a sudden be on the pitch and score that goal that takes your nation through. But do you speak to the manager? Did you ever have those conversations? When you go away from England, it's really difficult to sort of like have like a one-on-one conversation with the manager, even if you're away for like 10 days. I can't remember having many conversations. I remember having a conversation with Roy Hodgson and I can't remember having any sort of like deep conversation with any sort of manager. It's just, you just get on with it. There's loads of England games that come on and scored. And all of a sudden you're happy. You can't wait till the next trip and that because come on, you made an impact and that, and the manager's thinking, okay, because we're going to need this in a tournament actually. But if you don't have those conversations with an England manager, do you ever get frustrated that they're not making properly informed decisions? But you don't, I don't, don't think you need to. You don't need to say anything because what you do is you go back to your club, score goals consistently at your club, and other people start talking. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's the, the long way around, yeah, isn't it? It's like other people start talking. Uh, There's I mean, nothing worse, I don't think, than a player going, oh, "I should be playing for England." Like, that, like it's the worst. Sharp, like. <laughs> 
No, you got to get on with your job. Callum Wilson, you know? not like, sharp again. Uh, yeah, I'm like, saying Callum Wilson, like, you know what I mean? Squad the other day. It will happen. Callum, don't, he don't need to, yeah, he's going to ask the question. No one's going to see that. If you ask someone, of course, I want to go and play in the World Cup, because it's special for everyone. But at the same time, you're not going to start posting something and be like, no, nah, because everyone's going to be talking anyway. So close to a tournament, everyone's going to be like, okay, who are we going to say? Especially forwards. Do you think that's why James Madison hasn't really said anything? He doesn't his, need to. His form is kicking on. They're oh. trying to bait him, though, aren't they? No, but he has every, really are, every yeah. interview every he does. Yeah. I, think, I think he should go. I think if you look at his numbers compared to a lot of the other players in his position, if it's based on that, then I think he should, he, 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 well, he should go. Talk about a little, that little bit of swagger and arrogance. He's got that. And I don't think... He's one of those players, yeah? It'd be like a World Cup final. He would, he would, he would receive the ball in any area on the pitch. He's one yeah. of those players. Let's also look at Wales and, and Bale and his impact on that team. What's your experiences of him? And and <laughs> we've, we've talked about him a few times. Well, we, we, we both played then. in that breakthrough season of his. A little bit of lack of confidence. And then lack of confidence. Him weren't also. really going to play Benoit Scott who went to the African Nations, didn't he? Gareth was there, Gareth play him. And then he started getting the ball... Kicking it past people and just running. It's like a party I'm talking trick, about like, Just literally just knocking it past people and running and you're like, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. To do that to top centre-hearts where everyone's fit and quick, like, do you know what I mean? Everyone's athletes. But you're doing that, you're doing this to Premier League defenders and in the Champions League where you're just knocking it past people and you're just running past them. It's unbelievable. Did he always have that pace and that power or was that something that that season... He always had it, didn't he? Because remember at Southampton, yeah. I remember around about the time... There was a lot of noise about him, like scoring free kicks and a champ. And then, but I think when he obviously a big move to Tottenham, a young boy, and then obviously like confidence, weren't playing. All he needed was that just that chance. Someone just to egg, just give him a run of games, get him up to speed and stuff like that. And then man, it was just it was just unbelievable. And it looks like he's just totally focused on Wales, essentially. Yeah. For the and last, obviously, goal. How is your golf game, by the way? Do you, do you I haven't play? played for a while. We yeah, were, no, you I, play golf yeah. now. Remember England? A couple of times yeah. I played. And then lads would just get pissed off. And like, Michael, I remember I played with JJ and Michael, and then I was just like messing about. <laughs> but you've, I get the impression you've got to be fucking good at golf to, to play like with decent players. Like, the, more, the more you play, you've got to play all the time. Golf, you have to keep playing. Remember mm. Coley, Joey, Joey Cole got lessons. I remember he, his head used to go. That's what I have. Because if you're getting lessons, you're telling people, yeah, you have to be right. on it. So if you start shanking balls, <laughs> yeah. lads like that. And, and you can see because the lads know he's getting lessons and he's getting frustrated <laughs> and stuff like that and I'm like Coley what? I'm not getting lessons and I'm just like <laughs> but it was funny and that but then Whoa. with me I'd hit, I'd hit a couple good ball I'm like oh I can play and then shank a couple and that's it my head's gone now yeah, like, it's a tough yeah. sport when it's you're tough. good at something as well you think oh that, I'll be good at that then you're not it's so frustrating and it's hard to yeah it's competitive so it? right well it's been seven series and we've been trying to get the man Jermaine Defoe on the pod and he, he's been disappointed <laughs> Absolute legend as a player and still, you know, a legend now. Jay, I really appreciate it. No on. problem, man. Top Cheers, man, really well appreciate done, it. Well done. Um, stat man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bro. Nice one. <laughs> a stat man, you know. <laughs> well, if I get a job, mate, you're coming with me. <laughs> yeah. You're laughing, you're going to need him. Hey, <laughs> I mean, I mean, stat man, yeah, you're part of the analyst team. <laughs> Dave, there you go, mate. Got a job out of the sword, isn't uh, it? Time to check in now with uh, Chris on his Peloton journey. Uh, they're helping him become the best version of himself. Thanks to their world-class instructors. I believe they've been providing that extra layer of motivation to get you moving, Chris. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I feel very lucky. Uh, they are world-class, I would say, actually, the instructors. Sometimes if you're having a bit of a shitty day, 
I've got to say, you do go on there, and even though they're talking to a class full of people, you're sort of engaged with it. You do believe they're talking to you directly. They have been very good on the sort of motivation front. I uh, should give a shout out to uh, Ben and Leanne. Uh, well, what I'm finding is because you get to see Ooh. these people quite a lot, you then start following them on Instagram mm. and such. And then uh, it's interesting seeing their lives, you know, and what they're up to. Yeah, depending on which mood you're in, say, would you p- pick a different instructor? Like John Hoskin, for instance, would you, how's John getting on? Everything about him makes me feel inadequate as a man. Ah. Uh. Because he's everything I would like to be. He's a, he's a good looking lad. He's right. clearly, you know, he's smashing the fitness thing. And what gets me is he's doing, when you're doing walking on the treadmill sometimes, and he will, he'll be doing it effortlessly. And I'll be there doing this sort of power walk. Crouchy, it's funny that you mentioned John Hoskins. We've actually got a bit of a voice note from him. Hi, fellas. John Hosking here, Peloton Tread Instructor. Chris, the word on the grapevine is that you are loving your Peloton journey so far, and particularly my Maroon 5 Walk Plus run. Who knew? Crouchy, I've heard you've had a few things to say about my walks as well, but listen... Don't knock them till you try them, big man. We cut a few shapes in those walks as well. It's about having as much fun as possible whilst making progress at the same time. Your walks might soon turn into runs. And before you know it, you're running marathons or you're just crushing it at your fiver side. So watch this space, Chris. If walking isn't for you, you can find all forms of exercise on the Peloton platform. Cycling, strength, boxing. I like a bit of meditation before I go to bed. But we're all behind you, Chris, and we're super proud of your progress, mate. And why don't you try one of my 30-minute pop runs? If you don't enjoy it, I promise to buy you all dinner at the Sam Rat. <laughs> Take care, boys. See you soon. Is that a promise? <laughs> it sounds like a promise. Um, he is, to be fair, he is funny. But lovely to get a voice note from, from mm. John there. And one of the best walkers in the business. Yeah, he is right. He's called you out on that one. You have taken the piss out of the walking classes, but they're not as easy as... They're not as easy as you think. Apparently not for everyone. <laughs> Crouchy, wouldn't you excel in walking because of your stride length, though? Uh, yeah, you would. I'm not so a bad you breeze walker. breeze through it. I'm a decent walker, yeah. Just thinking back to some of those great players you've played with, who, who had a good walk on them? Cantona had a good walk, didn't he? Like, yeah. a strut. I imagine uh, some of your fellow players it's like I reckon Bale's got a bit of pace Defoe great striker terrible walker I imagine yeah there's not like, not often the quickest would, would, would have the quickest walk that doesn't mean they've got the quickest walk <laughs> anyway something to ponder love today's episode lads an absolute banger well then Crouch here another week closer to Crouch Fest it's going to be big it's going to be big just head to our website, thatpetercrouchpodcast.com. Just head over there to get all the information on tickets, sales, and all that good stuff. And of course, we're going to be back stronger next week. Chumbawamba. 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 This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.